0: Well, good morning, I'm excited to be here with you again. I can't believe it, Uh, June 13th and 14th, a Saturday evening service and a Sunday morning service. We are ready to get back together uh, to to be safe as well, but man, we're excited to see one another and just to say hi and gather together again. It's gonna be an awesome, amazing thing. And again, before I start, just thank you to Faith Church, uh, allowing us to use your Pendleton location there on highway 67 we're excited about that looking forward to that well today we're going to continue in the book of galatians and we're going to start with galatians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 in galatians chapter 2 verses 1 through 2 it says this then after 14 years i went up again to jerusalem this time with barnabas i took titus along also i went up in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. What Paul is telling us is this. He says, I went to Jerusalem 14 years later. Now, if you remember last week, and if you don't, Uh, Remember last week, or you haven't seen last week, go back and watch that either on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. We talked about Paul said when he first experienced the Lord, he went to Jerusalem and he met with Peter and he began to develop a relationship with him. Here he is now 14 years later, he says in his letter, he says, 14 years later, I'm seeing God move. I'm seeing God reach people who are not Jewish, who are outside of Jerusalem. And he said, I wanted to make sure that I go back and that I'm not running my race in vain. I want to check in with the leaders. I want to check in to make sure that I'm doing right, to make sure that I'm doing what the leadership and what the leaders would want me to do and what they would have me to do. He even goes on to say that I brought Titus and Barnabas with me as a res- as a result of my work and as testimony to what's going what's going on and that brings us to what we're going to talk about today we're gonna to talk about humility humility as being the opposite of pride and when I say pride I don't mean pride as in being proud of your work if you if you've done a good job and you've worked hard I don't mean that kind of pride I mean The pride in, this is who I am, and I can't help it, and this is just where I'm at, and the, not just saying those things, but the attitude in which those things are said. And so today, you may have noticed that I'm in a garage, and I'm privileged to have behind me here a rare 37 Ford V8 pickup. Now when I came across this truck, I was ecstatic. I was excited. I was like, man, that is so cool. And then I even was like, it looks like something off of it's a wonderful life in George Bailey or something. But as I began to look at this truck, this belongs to Terry Jones. So Terry, thank you for allowing me to record this with your truck. But as I began to look inside the truck, I opened the glove box. And you won't believe what I found inside the glove box. Inside the glove box is the original 19, I said 37 earlier, 1936 manual that came with the truck. To have a truck like this is incredible, but to have the original manual with the truck, that's even more incredible. You see, and as I began to look through the manual, I I, I turned specifically to page 17 here, and I'll just show it to you. You probably won't see it real well, but there's a picture. There's a diagram and a cross cut section of one of the pistons in the engine. And it talks about how to clean a spark plug. And there are wiring, wiring diagrams in here. And if I need to fix this truck to keep it running, Like the owner has done such a great job of doing then guess what I have to have I have to go back to the manufacturer I have to look at the manual and say what's wrong what's disjointed what's not working and to do that that takes humility the willingness to say I'm not right and rather than just say well this is who I am this is how I am to say I need to adjust for others rather than expect others to adjust to me. And so today we're going to talk about three things that Paul does and shows his humility because he says he goes back to the esteemed leaders of the church. And so the first thing that Paul does when he goes back, this is what's being said between the lines number one someone who is humble is willing to apologize or be corrected even if it's not their fault we live in a world today where we're focused on right and wrong black and white left right dark daylight we live in a world where we expect to well is it right or is it wrong but someone who's humble while they're concerned about the right and wrong they are concerned about the relationship let me show you actually in Psalm chapter 69 verse 4 though David says those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head many are my enemies without cause those who seek me those who seek to destroy me i am forced to restore what i did not steal david is saying in this verse he's saying that i didn't even i didn't even steal anything i didn't even i didn't do anything and yet he says i'm going to give back what i presumably stole it doesn't make sense. David said, look, I'm in the right, but I'm going to go back and do what's right anyway. Even though the, in our culture, in our world, we say, well, David, you don't, have any, you don't have any reason to do that. And yet David said, no, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. He says, I've got to restore it even if it's not my fault. The words of Jesus ring even louder. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, it says this. Jesus says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Notice what Jesus didn't say. He said, "When you come to church, and you bring yourself, which is your gift, or maybe you bring your offering and your 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 tithe or your money or your energy and your effort." He says, "When you come to church, and there you remember, what did he say? That you have wronged your brother? Nope. He didn't say that. He said." if while there you you remember that your brother has something against you or your sister has something against you, not that you were the one that did wrong, he said, then you go and ask for forgiveness and work it out. Jesus is saying, listen, you may not even have been in the wrong, but go back and restore it. You see, pride says, well, I didn't do anything wrong and it's not my fault, so I'm not worried about it and I'm just going to keep going on. That's what pride says. And I'm here to tell you that pride will cause you to hit a wall faster than your bedtime because when you hit that wall, you're going to wonder what happened. You're going to wonder where it went. A humble person cares more About the relationship than they do about being right or wrong A humble person cares more about the relationship than they do being right and wrong they want the relationship to be restored they want the relationship to be whole and and together and so Paul says he goes listen I I brought Titus and Barnabas with me so that when I come I want to know I want to know am I doing this right am I saying the right things are are things are am I Am I handling the gospel right in these relationships with people that are not Jewish? Because this was a new territory. Ministering the gospel to people who were not Jewish and were outside of Jerusalem was a was new territory for the gospel. And Paul had been doing it for 14 years. And here's what I can tell you, that people who are humble are willing much like this truck to be worked on you see if we're going to be humble then we have to be willing to be in it for the long run if I'm pri- pride simply puts nitrous in the engine and pumps a bunch of extra stuff to the engine only causing it to decay quicker but if I'm in it for the long haul then I'm willing to restore and I'm willing to work and I'm willing to be on the road nearly a hundred years later because humility keeps me fine-tuned. Humility keeps me working, even when things don't make sense, even when things aren't operating the way they should. Humility says, okay, what's, what's going on? And so Paul says, listen, guys, this is, this is going on. I, ne- I need some input. And that brings us to the second point. That's this, that people who are humble are willing to be corrected by people they don't even know. People who are humble are willing to be corrected by people they don't even know. You say, Tyson, where does that come from? Well, if you remember what we just read in Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul says that he was meeting privately with those esteemed leaders. Now, what did he say in chapter 1? In chapter 1, he said, I met with Peter. But in chapter 2, he goes, well, now I came back to check with all of the leaders of the church. And so what he does is he says, guys, I, I don't know you. The first time I was here, I developed a relationship with Peter, and it went well. And so I don't, I don't know you, but, but I need to know, is the gospel that I'm preaching correct? Am I handling the gospel correct? People are coming to Christ. I have Titus and Barnabas with me. Is this correct? And he's willing to be corrected by somebody or by people he doesn't even know. And that's huge. You see, someone who's humble doesn't have to come into the room and say, I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm whatever. Humility simply walks in the room and says, here's what I've been doing. Is it right or is it wrong? Is it, am I in the right spot? Should I be doing it this way or that way? tweak me change me adjust me see a person of pride as I said earlier has to stand up and say well this is who I am and this is just the way it is and I and and this is this is me and a person of humility says no change me tweak me adjust me something's malfunctioning something's not right and so we have to know ourselves well enough to go okay this isn't the same something's got to change something's got to adjust something's got to move differently and it's that changing instead that of adjusting that allows us to continue to be on the road long past our expiration date. But the pride will have you off the road long before your ex- expiration date. Point number three, Paul's doing something else in these two passages. He's connecting. He's connecting with the leaders of the church that he doesn't know or that he doesn't have a good relationship with or he doesn't know them. So he's connecting with them intentionally. He's connecting with the people around him, not just Titus and Barnabas, but the the leaders. Moses was an amazing man. Moses, Moses was a man that was a strong leader. Moses was a charismatic leader. Moses walked in power and in strength. He walked with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit demonstrated his power through Moses. And Moses led the people of Israel. He was a powerful leader. And people looked up to Moses. People today, even today, leaders use Moses as an example of leadership. And yet, despite all of this, here's what the Bible says about Moses. In Numbers 12, 3. Now, Moses was a very humble man man more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth yeah moses who's been up on mount sinai and seen the face of god moses who used his staff and parted the waters and took the people through the red sea moses who struck the rock and water came out moses who did all of these amazing feats with the power of god could have said look at me i'm moses but the bible records that he was the most humble man to have lived humbleness empowered his leadership humbleness empowered his ability to hear the voice of god humbleness empowered his ability to do what god needed him to do even when everybody else around him was complaining and griping and couldn't understand what was happening moses says this is the direction that god's called us this is the direction of god's leading us we're going this way we're going to make this happen and the bible says that he was the most humble man now, that verse, just prior to that verse, there's a story. It's one of, my, one of my favorites. And in light of everything that's been happening in our country, it's a powerful story. You see, Moses had married an Ethiopian woman. And the Bible tells us that she was very dark-skinned. Moses was not. And so Moses has a cross-cultural cross-racial marriage going on then the Bible says that Abraham uh, that that Aaron blasphemed the marriage that Abraham said Moses what are you doing marrying this Ethiopian woman she's not even one of us I mean talk about lack of humility talk about all sorts of issues with that statement right And God tells Moses, tell Aaron to put his hand in his clothing or put it in his pocket and pull it out. And when Aaron sticks his hand in the pocket and pulls it out, the Bible tells us that his hand and his arm are so white with leprosy that he gets scared because leprosy will just eat away at your limbs until there's nothing left of you. And it's almost as if god is saying listen if you want to make fun of an interracial marriage that's fine i'll make you so white you'll regret it because god's not about color god's not about race he's about bringing people to jesus he's interested in changing our hearts and changing our lives so that we are one the bible says Later in this book of Galatians, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, no rich nor, nor poor, no slave, no free, that in Christ we are all one, and so the Bible tells us that story, and then it says, even though Moses, following God, acted in all these miracles, all these power, all these wonderful supernatural works that God used <laughs> Moses for, he was the most humble. Man to walk on the face of the earth tells me that if you're going to be a powerful leader you don't storm into a room and say I'm a natural born leader you don't you don't say this is who I am you simply connect to the people around you and you connect them to God the quality of humility flows from a correct assessment of ourselves before God. Let me say that again. The quality of humil- humility flows from a correct assessment of ourselves before God. Who am I before God? That's the number one question. In light of all of who God is and God does and His essence, who am I? Who am I that He should be mindful of me? Who am I that He should bleed and die for me? Who am I that he should come back from the grave for me? Who am I? Humility doesn't think less. Humility causes one not to think less of themselves, but causes one to think of themselves less. In other words, humility says, hey, I don't think about myself a lot. I don't really cross-examine myself a lot I don't I'm in it for the people I'm in it to connect the people to God I love what C.S. Lewis says C.S. Lewis in his book mere Christianity says this about humility do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man he will be what most people call humble nowadays he will not be always telling you that of course he's nobody Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, listen, when you come across a humble person, they don't say I'm humble. They don't tell people who they are just do it they just go about it they are in it for the people they're in it for god they are in it to connect with other people you know this this truck driving down the road doesn't say hey i'm from 1936 and i'm a rare ford v8 It, it doesn't it doesn't say that you just know by looking at it it doesn't have to proclaim it it doesn't have to Just put it out there. It just is. And your reputation precedes you. And people know you by who and what you are. You don't have to announce it. Just be yourself. Humble people are three things to wrap this up. Humble people apologize when it's not their fault. They are willing to be corrected by people they don't even know. And they're connected to what's around them. And here's what I want to tell you. That if we stay humble, and if we're willing to focus more on the relationship than on being right or wrong, if we're willing to focus more on connecting people to God and focus on connecting people to Christ, and living a life that's holy and pure and doing our best to be the image of Jesus in the world, we'll be able to run for a really long time. We'll be able to continue to go and go because we'll constantly be self-correcting and self-adjusting and we don't have to announce this is who we are and this is how we are. We just do it. We just go about our business and we do it. And then people will know, and people will see us coming down the road, and we will last a lot longer down the journey of life. Humility is about being vulnerable enough to be on the road of life long term. So if you're watching this this morning, and maybe you're like, yeah, there's some things in my life that I haven't been willing to be corrected on. There are some things in my life that I just just need to go Mend the relationship. I need to pick up the phone. I need to talk. I need to I need to work this out. Then do it. I encourage you to go do it. I encourage you to be humble in the moment and to focus on those three things. As Paul did, as he went back to the church at Galatians and said, guys, here's the people that I'm connected to, here's what's happening, here's what's going on. Is this okay? Is this do I need to tweak my gospel? Do I need to change my gospel? Because I want my ministry to be long-term and to run down the road of life long-term. I want to invite you this morning. Maybe you're watching, and maybe this whole concept of humility is new to you. Maybe, maybe you've never heard the name Jesus, and what I believe is to be the most humble man to ever walk the earth was Jesus. He didn't have to walk around and say he was the son of God. He just did what he did, and people followed. But if you don't know Jesus, and you've never invited Jesus into your life, and say, God, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to take control of my life. I want to ask you to do that right now. The Bible says that when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you say, Jesus, come into my life, take over. The Bible says at that instant, your sins are forgiven. Your name is written down in heaven. So that when you die, and you go to heaven, He looks down and says, yep, that name's here. Let him in. I want to invite you to have your name written down in heaven. Just repeat this prayer after me. Mean it from your heart. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come and wrap your arms around me. I accept your grace through faith, believing and knowing that, as of this moment, I want my name written in heaven. Thank you for saving me in Jesus name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, reach out to me tyson at the dot com, or look me up on Facebook. I'm excited to hear from you. I want to hear from you also I am super excited to gather together again on June the 13th at 5.30 or June the 14th at 10.30 in Pendleton. I'm excited about that, looking forward to that. If you still want to give, you can give online. Go to our website in the upper right corner, click on give, or you could mail it in as many people have been doing at P.O. Box 1008, LaPel, Indiana, 460. Until then, you guys have an amazing, amazing week. We love you.